Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. Hey, College Soccer Nation is on Monday, October 25th. Matt Mott is here with you. Chris Petroselli is here. And Brian, the big deal, Lee, is coming in early today. Chris, exciting show we have lined up on this Monday afternoon. Should be great. We got uh, Jay Yelton as our guest. Um, another another one in the great Yelton family who I feel like yeah. this podcast should just be named the uh, Yelton family <laughs> podcast because that's all we talk about uh, it's unbelievable it really is unbelievable uh but Jay's a good one Jay's Jay is uh one of the most interesting human beings I have ever come yes. across I'm not sure there's a close second and yes and all that he is so uh that'll be and fun big man. looking for that he's a big man. fella he is yeah. a big fella yeah you're yeah. not messing with him yeah um all right let's go with the big power deal five. here early on I... oh power five Yes. Our five, the most hated athletes. Right? You know, Matt, I, I considered putting you on the list, but then I remembered that you're not really an athlete. So um, I didn't add you in. Is that necessary, Chris? Is that necessary? <laughs> necessary to call me out on national radio, uh, national podcasting? You know, it's hard to consider an athlete, athlete when, you, when you got that big boot on. Right? Are you still walking around <laughs> with that boot? I know. I only wear it once in a while, but my foot still hurts. It's, it's brutal. Man. No, my athletic, you know, you know, I tell, I tell everybody I was an athlete once, but I ate him. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. big deal. Are you with us, Brian? Welcome to the show. I am here. And when I heard Chris say about the athlete or whatever, I was, thinking, you know, we could have a montage of your athletic moves along the sideline. Yes. Through the yeah. chair. Tripping over uh, oh, the yeah, frozen foot, the frozen foot one. Oh, the, the frozen, frozen foot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've had some issues. Yeah, it seems simple. Like you watch, you watch Brian on the sideline. Chris is very smooth. He kind of yeah. saunters up and down. Yeah. Now he's screaming and yelling, joysticking like the best of us. But he's very <laughs> smooth in the way that he does, it. and you can't hear him from the TV. So that's kind of nice. And Chris just kind of sits there like a bump on a log. I'm, you know, pretty active. I'm up and down, making things happen. Big deal. All right. What's like, up? You know, what do we got for Brian? Well, here's here's the thing. I want I wanted to 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 uh, talk to both of you about uh, together. Um, there was this match this weekend. I turned on the TV, and after I don't know twenty minutes, it was four nil. And I wasn't you really watching, going there, Chris. You really you really going there? I was going to say I wasn't early. watching. You know, Florida State play Stetson. Okay, <laughs> Ouch. I was watching Liverpool and Man United, uh, so I wanted to get you both of your opinion on on the match and on your team's current form. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, well, um, would you like me to go first? Matt? Sure, Brian. Go ahead. You know, in the in the fall in our job, we don't get to watch quite as much Premier League as we'd like. Something's always popping Saturday morning, traveling especially the Sunday games, but I was lucky enough to click on the TV for this one. Thank goodness I got there for the start because it was uh, an awesome beginning. And it, obviously it's two teams going in different directions. 
my favorite part of the week was, did you see Skulls before the game? And Man United was so excited about the comeback over Atalanta early yeah. in the week. Yeah. And he said, Skulls said, we should stop being so euphoric about this. If we play like that, it's going to be 4-0 at halftime on Sunday to Liverpool. Did he really? He did. And 4-0 at halftime. It's unbelievable. Fantastic. Well, I'm just going to say this. Um, I am never, ever for anyone to be fired from their position, but Ollie has to go. It's over. It's done. Never, ever, except right now. Uh, yes. he. We, we have a top 10 in the world lineup, and we're playing horrifically. There's no life. There's no passion. Pogba is one of the best players in the world. He's on the bench. When he comes off the bench, he's so pissed off that he takes a red. Um, they looked anemic in, the, in going forward. They had – uh, the back line was shambles. You know, I, I'm part owner of the team, Brian. I have 10 shares of stock in Manchester United, and I will not stand for this any longer. Ollie needs to go. Right now. <laughs> it's not worth much. Hasn't been worth, worth much since I bought it. Let's keep it real. But at the end of the day, I love Man United. I'm a Man U supporter. I, I'm glad they brought him back during a really difficult time. He did a nice job, but it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. We need new manager. We have too good a team and too good a lineup to have those continued performances. And I, I was hoping we got beat by Atalanta because then I thought he would be that gone then. But how can he? How is he still employed today? And I don't get it. It's time to go. There's too many good managers out there for him to continue on this way. I'm sorry. Wait, you know their standards have changed a little. It would appear. No, not 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 for the fans. They haven't. Yeah. Not for part of the owners. I haven't. The, uh, <laughs> and you say they have a good team. Well, they have a good team on the bench. Pogba, Cavani, Sancho. Yeah. yeah. Don't I come at me with Sancho. I, I, Sancho does nothing for me. You don't get totally to, overrated. You totally don't get overrated. good before he got there. Much. He He's was the neither. It's overrated. That's the manager's job. You gotta right. Exactly. We need a new manager. That's right. All right, guys. All right, let's get on. It's let's, College let's Soccer Nation, Chris. This has nothing to Go do with on. the EPL, so let's get I know, focused man, in on the point. It's always stuff. fun. It's always fun to hear teams lose. So, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. I, I, I want to do uh, uh, spend the segment here with Brian, and uh, um, we'll call it uh, on the bubble. All right, this will be our sort of preview of NCAA tournament selection. Uh, Matt, just shut up as you're not allowed to have an opinion on this stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's why Matt will not partake in the conversation. And uh, Brian and I will talk a little bit about teams that are in, teams that are on bubble, teams that are out, all of that kind of stuff. Okay, ready, Brian? Chris, I, Chris I'm happy to give up some um, data within the argument if it's just data. It's data that everybody will have. It's nothing crazy who they beat. So I can do a little – I'll be like a researcher during this segment. That'll Try be fast if, yeah, if you need some. You if could, you don't need some, I'll just I'll just shut up. You could help with the published NCAA criteria, right? In the argument as well, <laughs> they do have a listed criteria set up. Yes, yeah, they don't ever use it, but yes, they do have one. Uh, they just use the RPI. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Who we got? Whatever's convenient for to make their <laughs> argument work. Yes. All right. So um, I went and identified leagues that uh, will be multi-bid leagues. I feel pretty comfortable or close to multi-bid leagues. So uh, we'll, we'll go through those, those leagues. It, it's in alphabetical order. So we'll start with the, the American Athletic Conference. And uh, 
Congratulations, Brian. By the way, Chris, before we start, yeah. congratulations, Brian, on joining the American Athletic Conference. That's, yeah, that's uh, right. Very exciting. Uh, well, Rice Soccer is happy to be involved in the Power Seven of <laughs> soccer. Um, <laughs> that we're about to hear how well the AAC has done from Chris. Yep. Yes. Here we go. Yeah. So I'm going to give you teams that I think are in and teams that are on the bubble. And sort of I'm defining in as no matter what happens between now and selection, they get in. So if they lose a couple of games or whatever, they, they still get in. Yep. Um, teams that are out would be the only chance they have to make it would be by winning their league tournament and getting the AQ. And the teams that are on the bubble are teams that could get in without winning their conference. So maybe they have to win another game or two or something like that along the way to get themselves in. Okay. Just for yep. a, a little definition here. So the in, uh, in the American are, uh, SMU, USF and UCF. The bubble teams are Houston and Memphis thoughts. I think those three are in for sure. Couldn't agree anymore. I think Memphis had a rough weekend and they're about as done as some good Tennessee barbecue without at least making the final of the AAC tournament at this point. You know, that, that Drake loss is getting near 200. They've really just got the win over UCF. Draw with Ole Miss is nice. And they're, they, the looks of their strength of schedule isn't great. So I think they're on life support. Uh, obviously have to beat SMU probably need to reach the final. I don't know how that 16 tournament seeds will come out, whether they'd have to win two or one to do that to even be talked about. And then I think Houston's one of the super bubbly teams, probably the most interesting final two or three. They're going to be right at the cut line. Um, win over UCF, draw with USF, uh, win over SMU. That's three quality results. That Temple loss a week or two ago was brutal. Um, but I think they could, with a win or two here, last game, and then in the tournament, I think they might find themselves on the right side of the bubble. What do you think? I I, I agree, but I, I am concerned about their strength of schedule and how that's, you know, how that's going to play in, in the room, you know, and a lot of it will depend upon as they sit in the room, again, what are they going to value? They're going to value the RPI number, the strength of schedule, the, the wins, the, you know, how much is a bad loss hurt you and all of that. And, but I, I like the look of Houston. I do. Uh, I like the look of Houston for sure. I mean, certainly they gave us everything, you know, we could handle. So uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm impressed with them for sure. Yeah. And I think the strength of schedule is going to be a theme going through. I mean, it's an easy way to do a tiebreaker is take a team with a significantly higher strength of schedule as a sure. non-conference strength of schedule. Sure. And the ACC in Virginia, Florida state, Duke, Wake, North Carolina, Notre Dame, NC State, and Virginia Tech, and on the bubble, Clemson and Louisville. I agree with all that. You know, I think it's simple enough for Louisville at 59 maybe in the RPI. They've got to beat Duke in the last game or they're out. And Clemson, despite the three really good wins, I don't really get their RPI only being 52 because they don't have a bad loss. But if they want to feel safe, they better beat BC in their last game. But if they beat, yeah. I think they're in. And, you know, this is where, Chris, for me, the, the, the ACC tournament makes zero sense. Right. That league and do a small tournament is just killing these bubble teams. You know, Clemson 
could play Louisville winner gets in. It would look pretty SEC. Um, but without that, you're with only the top teams going, most of those top teams don't even want to be there, right? No, no. In fact, you know, some of those, some of those teams I mentioned won't be in, in the tournament. I mean, at yeah. the moment, North Carolina's on the outside looking in of a six-team tournament. Well, if it was uh who is it? Is it Notre Dame playing uh who did they play in the last game where if they draw Notre Dame versus Wake? And if they draw, Carolina's out. Right. So, you know, right. Yeah, Germany 82. I love that game where there was like one shot on goal in the World Cup. So they, <laughs> that's what they should do. Um, but, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Big 12, uh, TCU and Texas in on the bubble, Baylor and West Virginia. I mean, I think it's kind of West Virginia. They're. <laughs> just don't have a win right they've got three decent ties nine georgetown texas baylor draw with kansas state that's going to be tough the rpi numbers just outside the range and i probably i think baylor is the most interesting team on that entire bubble i have no idea what you're supposed to do with them fringe guy two great wins tcu and smu four Pretty good top 50 draws, but then a slew of bad results as well. Several losses across the 90s. The same draw with Kansas State that uh, West Virginia's got. It's it's not a great year for the Big 12. No. Let, me, let, me, let me jump in here, Chris, for a second. Sure, man. Give me, both of you, your opinions on draws. <laughs> um, there is such a thing as a good draw. I, I do believe that there is such a thing as a good draw. Um, and I think there's such a thing as a bad draw too, right? What so constitutes I, I, a good draw for you? What's that? What constitutes a good draw for you? I, for me, yeah, I, I, I mean, again, I think we're, we're talking about top 50. If it's a draw in the top 50, that's a good draw. If it's a draw with teams over 100, I think that's a bad draw. You know, if it's somewhere between 50 and 100, it's it's a nothing. It's a nothing result. I think different, Brad? Yeah, just a little. I think the good draw far outweighs the bad draw, if that makes sense. Getting a great, you know, especially if it's like a top 25 draw. You know, I know Georgetown's drawn six times, and we got tons of teams using that as one of their best results. But um, I think – Getting a draw over 110 minutes against a very good top quality team is really hard. Um, and I, I don't think a draw against a packed in defense in a one-sided game, you know, which is very often the case with the bad draws, should be seen as, as a, a big negative. Obviously, it's still a negative. But that's, there's different weights to the draws for me. Okay. okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. What do you All think, right. Matt? you have an opinion on that? Uh, I think you nailed it. Huh. Both of those are good. Uh, Chris nailed it. I don't know if you nailed yeah, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All okay. right. Keep moving. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Big East uh, in Xavier, Georgetown, Bubble, Providence, Butler. Decent league. Providence's RPI is so high. They're probably on the safe side. You know, they've got the win over Brown and a draw with the aforementioned Georgetown and their six draws. 
couple couple bad draws for them. And then Butler's really only got the win over Providence, which, you know, they're a little bubbly as well. So I think Providence's case is much, much stronger. And by the looks of the numbers on this, we're going to need about eight to 10 of these teams are going to get in. So I like Providence's chances. I don't like Butler's. Big 10 in Rutgers, Purdue, Michigan, Penn State on the bubble, Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana, and I added Wisconsin to that list as well. Yeah, yeah. For me, Ohio State's in. I think they should be in the in group. Great strength of schedule, three good wins. Uh, Indiana's out. Good progress for the program from Irwin, but I want to say their best win is maybe Iowa in there and yeah, RPI is a little inflated without the wins. And then Wisconsin and Michigan state, I think are real bubbly teams in their RPI and results. So I'd have Wisconsin a little ahead of Michigan state. Um, and maybe in the end, if it happened today, they'd pip, uh, pip Michigan state for probably, I see two more big 10 bids, Ohio state and one of these teams getting in. What do you think? Yeah, I agree on, uh, First of all, on Indiana, uh, I think after a little more discussion today, I agree with you on Ohio State. Um, Michigan State and Wisconsin are close. They're close. Um, and I think, again, a lot will depend on what happens in their tournament and, and moving on down, but they both have the opportunity to, to get in there You know, at this yeah. point. Well, Michigan State's got the classic example right now of they don't actually maybe want to be playing any more games. They, you know, they made the Big Ten tournament. That's great. But now they drew Iowa, probably the only team in there that could completely knock them out with a loss. Yeah. They've got yeah. to beat Iowa. And then they probably need to win one more. And certainly Wisconsin would be in with one result at the tournament. The, uh, the Big Ten did not come up with a tournament this year like they did last year that was designed to keep everybody out of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> you know, they're proud of their, uh, what are they called, AAU schools? Yes, a uh, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Fool them once, that's yeah. okay. We're not going to fool them twice. They'll figure <laughs> it out second time around. Okay, the next one's interesting. Uh, the Colonial. I don't have anybody in, but I have two teams that are on the bubble, UNC Wilmington and Hofstra. Obviously, one of them is going to get an automatic. Um, without the AQ, can either one of these get an at-large? Wilmington can't. Wilmington's got nothing. they got one top 100 win, maybe a second. So they've got to win the tournament. Um, they've got a great RPI, but they've got to win the tournament. Hofstra is right there is the most, one of the most interesting teams. I think they'll get in if, if they lose to Wilmington in the final. The Princeton-Brown wins are too good. You know, the Wilmington's one of those wins. I never know. What are you supposed to do with that? It says 29, but if they weren't going to get an at-large bid, does that really count as a top 50 win when when they go there? I wish we had a committee member to tell us. I that. wish someone could let us know yeah. how the committee would think about that. <laughs> but that's a third great numeric win. Um, you know, but Hofstra, if they don't get in, they got a loss to Elon, who's in the hundreds, and Northeastern, who's close, and a draw with almost 200 William and Mary. So they're no slam dunk. They're very Baylor-y to me. If I was there, yeah, it's very similar. Teams, I'd have no idea what to do with them. Yeah, very similar. Okay, the Ivy in Brown and Princeton on the bubble, Harvard. Harvard to me is an interesting one too. 
uh, brutal for Harvard. I don't think they're going to get in. You have to have a win. Yeah. And or some yeah. results and they don't. And, uh, you know, the Princeton game looked pretty one sided for Harvard uh, with a close look. I didn't see any of it. Um, I think Harvard will be the best team to not get in in terms of just how good the actual team is, not the numbers, not anything like that. But I think they'll be the best team left out. And they probably will be the best, the highest RPI team to be left out. Yeah. I would think, right? I mean, they're somewhere in the teens, right? Oh, yeah. The Ivy's mastered the – they've mastered yeah. the RPI for sure. Yeah. Those, those Ivy guys are smart, Brian. They're, they're smart. smart. You know, if they're yeah. Big Ten guys in their AAU schools, they're just trying to keep up <laughs> with the Ivy. Yeah, the Ivy, right. no slouches either, Chris. I That's right. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, Pac-12 in UCLA, USC, Stanford, Oregon, and after a good week, Colorado. On the bubble, Washington State, Oregon State, and Cal. I mean, I think those are all fair designations. Thing with Colorado is they're 500 right now, six, six, and three. Certainly, you project they've got the Arizonas and Utah left. 37 RPI, not much behind it. So they better win those three games. Yeah. I would say, you know, they, they'll go from in to very, very bubbly and maybe the wrong side of the bubbly if they don't go 3-0 in those. Um, Oregon State, you know, that strength of schedule is going to be a problem, but they've got the Stanford win. Um, and, you know, there's an interesting down the stretch here with Washington, Washington State. And the Oregon's playing a little round robin here to finish, which gives them all great opportunity to get in. But Washington's probably as good as those other three teams. And any loss to Washington is going to torpedo the hopes of Oregon, Oregon State, and, and Washington State. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The SEC um, in Arkansas, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn, South Carolina on the bubble, Georgia. LSU and Alabama. I think that's spot on. And I think Georgia better beat Vanderbilt this week. LSU better beat Arkansas and Alabama better beat Auburn or next week we can do the bubble. Those three before the conference tournament um, with Georgia, maybe the only one left standing coming out of that. If they do drop the game to Bandy, uh, but some must win time. And where I think the great thing about the sec traditionally is down the stretch, there's ample winnable games for these teams you know it's one thing for these guys looking at like cal right they're looking at stanford southern cal and ucla yeah and they need to win one game well good luck with that if you win be <laughs> good for you neil you guys yeah. and you're in the the bubbly games in the sec generally when they're playing these teams that are in the 30s 40s in the rpi and a win can really help them those are dead toss-up games so um Let's see if Alabama, Georgia can get it done. LSU's obviously got the monumental task of Arkansas. Tough. Home. They've won some big games already. See if they can do it. And, and, and for LSU, even some question whether or not they make the conference tournament, correct? Oh, they're out if they don't win, I think. Isn't that true, Matt? That is true. LSU. Yeah, so, so nothing, <laughs> you know, if they don't beat Arkansas, I mean, they, you're talking about desperate now. If you don't beat Arkansas, you don't have any other games to make it up. You are, you're done. No, they have to be done. And the RPI's mid-50s. A couple of years ago, if you remember, State missed the SEC tournament and got in. But their RPI was in the 30s, not yeah. the 50s. So 
I think it's win or go home now for uh, LSU for sure. Crazy with the way they started the year. They were sort of everybody's darling, right, in the in the beginning of the year. They were. And, you know, I mean, what they peak at? Somewhere in the top 10, maybe in the top five um, yeah. wins. And the resume still has some great wins. And there's not – I think the Florida loss really hurt them this weekend. But that's not a horrendous loss. Um, you know, just – They've got a nice candidacy, I, I think. But it, 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 this year, I don't think you could take a team that doesn't make a 10-team SEC tournament with fifties RPI. That's just not realistic. All right, in the WCC, last one here. Pepperdine and BYU are in. I put Santa Clara on the bubble. I'm wondering your thoughts on this one. Santa Clara, to me, is an interesting one. You know, that Portland game, you know, they already had the draw to Seattle, lost to San Francisco. Now that's three games where they've really slipped up, you know, but I think their strength of schedule is too high. Went over Pepperdine, went over Virginia Tech. Obviously, BYU this week would seal it, but I don't think the rest of the bubble will be strong enough to keep them out. Um, and are we looking at a Stanford-Santa Clara first-round game when it goes back to geography and neither of them are seated? Yeah, we may be. Um, the question I have is this about Santa Clara. Is there any way that the defending champs with a mid-30 RPI gets left out? No. I mean, everybody wants to see Santa Clara in. We, we all know they're a good team. We all know they can beat anybody. Um, and, and will there be somebody in that room who says, no, no, Santa Clara, no, they're, they're not in. Uh, based on the numbers. I just don't see it happening. Well, you know, to the other bubble teams we talked about, it's going to be really hard to talk, hopefully really hard to talk a group into Santa Clara not making it at the expense of the seventh Big Ten team or the seventh SEC team. You know, that that's a hard argument. Or, you know, to be honest, where we're moving with Houston and, and Memphis in the keep it real department. That's a totally different level team than all that, you know, most of these bubble teams we're talking about. Dude, they're better than a lot of the teams that are that we've said are in. Oh, they're better than a lot of the teams are going to be seated in the yeah. line. Yeah. Is, you know, yeah. I don't want to turn this into a Virginia-style love fest of a team, but that's, that is that is of it. Yeah, excellent. I'd love to see them in. I'd love to see them in Stanford play in the first round. I like those games. People come Yeah, play. that'd be fun. But yeah. I think it's fun as well. All right. That's what I got, Matt. What do you think? Oh, oh, it was wonderful. Wonderful, guys. Nice job. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Darren was asleep in his chair. We're just uh, trying to make your life easier, Matt. Oh, yeah. Hey, you hey. Listen, and then you can I would have had to listen. I would have had to listen. My friend Chris said. This. Yeah. That's what I'm going to use. I'm going to use it. Oh, I've done a lot of research, but Brian Lee says. You should definitely. Alex Nation believes. Yes, yes. Nice job, Brian, as always. All right, we're moving on, Chris, from the bubble talk. All right, thanks, Brian. No, we got more. We got, oh, we got team more. of the week. Oh, that's uh, right. Team I'm of the sorry. week. You're still with us. You're still with us, yes. Brian. Okay, team of the week. Right. I'm going first. I'm going All first. Right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going first. Houston Cougars, my team of the week. Right? Wins over Cincinnati and Memphis. Huge wins. Puts them right in the uh, in the tournament. Um, jumps her RPI way up. Congratulations to Diego and the Houston Cougars. 
my team of the week. Big two, two game win weekend. Okay. Brian? Are we doing team and then upset of the week? Is that where Correct. we're at? Yeah. All right. My team of the week, this is inspired by Chris last week when he came up with that obscure thing of maybe a school I barely ever heard of. Was it Chicago State? Who was it? Yeah, Chicago State. All right, I'm going to one-up him with this one. My team of the week defeated Cal Baptist in Seattle, traditional power of their conference. I got that. I got this one. Dixie State. Yeah. Yeah, Dixie State. One of 11 games. Maybe 15 years ago, they were a junior college, transitioned to D2, and is just in transition to D1 this year. Um, actually won a couple national junior college national championships. The Despite being named Dixie State, you want to know what's interesting? They're in Utah. Yes. And you wonder, why would you be called Dixie State in Utah? <laughs> Settlers of the area. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us. Wanted oh, God, to... Help us. Uh, God help us. Make cotton farming a big part in Utah. Oh, but I, didn't, I bet that didn't go so well. Yeah, I don't think it did. <laughs> but that's how they got the name Dixie State. And they, they have now voted to change the name twice. It got rejected. Uh-huh. The board went with like Utah Polytechnic. And soon they will be called Utah Tech. There you go. About Utah <laughs> Tech with a big upset. It actually Dixie State. We have hit. I love it. We have hit rock. We have hit rock bottom in college soccer nation. It's awesome. You know why? Rock bottom. Last week, Matt was all, oh, you like, how would you know that? You went to the website. Who would do something like that? Rock (laughs) bottom. We've hit in college soccer nation. I think it's great. A little bit of research, a little bit of work, Matt. You know, uh, grace ever. Every once in a while, you might might want to try it. It's it's pretty good. You want Why to would I do that when I can hear about Utah Tech? What were they, what's and your name? Don't don't forget it was Utah Polytechnic, then Utah Tech. It's still Dixie State for a little while. Tuition there is five thousand dollars. There you go. Good for them. I made my daughter want to go there. That sounds like a good. <laughs> That's right. All right, Chris. Right. Let's go. My team of the week. I can't believe you guys. Neither one of you guys hit on this. How could you not pick Duke? Uh, went over Notre Dame, went over Florida State. I mean, that's a pretty good week. <laughs> oh, um, oh, um, big deal. That's a pretty good week. <laughs> I, anybody in the country would take that week. Do you know why <laughs> they're called Duke, though? Why are they called Duke? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> why are they called Duke? I actually might know this one. Uh, we're going to have to go do the research. Well, that's Robbie, Robbie the next time we have him on. Yeah, yeah. he won't know. He, no chance he knows. No chance. All right, hundred years. All right, upset. I'm going with LSU uh, losing to Florida 4-0 in a must-win game for both teams, and Florida comes out and puts four on Brian's uh, Brian's sleeper team. Um, <laughs> unbelievable that that's where the way that game went after LSU had the huge upset with four nothing South Carolina. Yeah, amazing. Right, amazing. So, congratulations to the Florida Gators on a huge win that that uh, locks. I think it. Lo- I think it locks them into the tournament. I think they're in. So, um, crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy game. And if you watch the game, I thought LSU was all over them early in the game, and and then somehow four goals later, Gators win. There you go. Pro game. Uh, I'll go with Portland to Santa Clara and Nell. Yeah. The one, yeah. you know, Good one. partying like it's what year? 2005, maybe? And then when's the last three. 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 Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to go uh, with Hawaii. Last week we talked about Hawaii at 09 and 3 as one of the teams without a win. Go, they're 09 and 3 going into the week. They beat UC Davis 2 1 and Cal Bakersfield 4 0. So two wins for wow. I'm winless Hawaii. So I'm going with Hawaii. You know what game I'd like to see? Dixie State versus Hawaii. <laughs> 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 Again, rock bottom. We've hit rock bottom. ESPN, the Ocho special, two in the morning, Hawaii time, Dixie State, Hawaii. But really, congratulations to all those teams. Yes, yes, yes. Our Keep teams it outside the Power Seven. Chris and I trying to look out for everybody. That's right. That's so nice That's to right. We we care about the little guy. Matt is just too big time for everybody. Well, uh, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I picked Houston. Oh no, they're Power Seven. Sorry, Power That's Seven. Right. Power Seven. Yeah. All right. Is that enough for the the big deal? The big deal has shown his worth here today with all he his and hard work, and yeah. we appreciate what you do for College Soccer Nation, Brian. It's just unbelievable. And you know, we think about it, guys. It's it's we're down here to the wire. There are people that seasons are have ended. Yes. And they're ending this college. This college season is coming quickly uh, to an end. So exciting couple of weeks coming, Brian. Who do you have uh, this week? We got the North Texas Mean Green 17 time Conference USA champs on Thursday night. Big last week. Wow. Okay. Well, good luck. At your place or their place? It is up in Denton. Nice place to play. I was going to say, you feel like you've been home all season. Chris, has he ever played away? This season, I feel like every I, game he's been at home. It's been very rare. I think he's had yes. three or four. Yeah. Well, hey, the, confer- the conference makes you play half your games away. <laughs> I figured you manipulated it. Hey, yeah. uh, um, Coach Lee, we're about to bring on uh, the Grizzly, Grizz, Jay Yelton. What do you think? Well, I think uh, I think he's the youngest member of the first family of Tennessee soccer. <laughs> out of Birmingham now. You know, really – a lot of times you have uh, like this coaching tree where you get a cradle of coaches from. It's theirs is just from their pa- pastor dad. I don't know how yeah. got into it. So but. it's really like the Manning brothers, the Yelton brothers and the Manning oh, yeah. brothers. Very yes, similar. Yes, you can very say similar. that. Very similar. Very similar <laughs> tracks. But great guys, great coaches. Great, you know, and don't forget Matt on his staff there. Matt's one of the best coaches in the country. I really believe that. As Absolutely. Well. God's done great and Jay's on his way. It's a really cool story with the family, so I can't wait to hear it. All right. We're going to get to it. Thanks, Brian. See you, fellas. All right, Chris, this is a fun one. I've been looking forward to this. We've been efforting to get him on the show, and we finally were able to do it. Um, I like to call him the most interesting man in the world. Um, Certainly, he's the most interesting soccer coach in college women's soccer without question. Please welcome to the show Jay Yelton from East Tennessee State University. Jay, how are we doing tonight, bud? Doing very well. Certainly good to be with you. And, uh, you know, certainly the scariest man on the sideline, if, if nothing else, if not interesting. <laughs> we could tell some stories about that. That's oh, sure. What about the we first time you ever uh, saw yes, off the bus yes. and uh, you restored Auburn? And I, at that time, was in good shape and lifting lots of weights and uh, yeah. looked different than today. But uh, yeah. I, I remember our first meeting there for sure. Yes, Karen and Todd were kind of bickering back and forth. And I believe I said to Karen, Karen, if you're going over there, you're going by yourself. Because if you look at his assistant coach, I ain't going with you. I ain't going with you. Anyway, uh, Jay, uh, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. But what we'd like to do with all of our guests first is give us 
your kind of coaching background, where it started. I know you've had quite a path um, and, and where you got, how you got there to, uh, to East Tennessee State. So um, actually I was in Georgia State, was the first collegiate job as an assistant uh, back in 1999. And uh, after that, actually in 2001, was the head men's coach at Lees McCray. I was 25 years old coaching uh, a bunch of 21, 22, 23-year-old guys. So I uh, got thrown into the fire right off the bat and uh, realized that I was okay at managing people, but not so good at all the tactics and knowledge it takes to put together all the good stuff. And I had actually planned to get out of coaching and just live in the mountains, be a fly fisherman, live, uh, you know, on a <laughs> ski resort somewhere. And um, Todd and my brother, Matt, both uh, was like, hey, you're pretty good at this. And Todd dragged me down to Birmingham and uh, got me to come over and help him train goalkeepers as a volunteer. And we did pretty well. And uh, all of a sudden, they offered me an assistant job and kind of just ran with it and knew that uh, I, I wanted to work hard at it and be as good as possible. So you're uh, but you're still spending time in the woods, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess obviously growing up uh, here in East Tennessee, it's always funny to think about three brothers that grew up next to a dairy farm and a sheep farm, somehow or another becoming women's college coaches. I think there's some sense of humor in that. And, uh, you know, moving back up here to East Tennessee State, it's certainly in the mountains, beautiful place. Uh, I think we're the seventh fastest small town growing in America. I think Billings, Montana being first. So certainly a lot of trails and uh, places to explore here in the mountains. So happy to have that as a backdrop to the university. So, I mean, the biggest question I have for you is, how did you survive 17 years as Todd's assistant? <laughs> that's a long time. I think, that's the, I think I've been asked that question more than once. Uh, and I, I'm sure he, he may have may have felt the same way, you know, brothers and uh, both stubborn, both hard headed. I, I really think it's a miracle. But that obviously uh, <laughs> he put up with me. I put up with him and uh, we had something worked out. Right. Uh, I don't know what it was, but, uh, it, you know, Todd's always. Uh, and a fun guy to hang out with and ha always not afraid to share with you his opinion and tell you what's <laughs> up. And, uh, but once again, I would have never gotten back into coaching if he hadn't have drugged me out of the woods in the first place. So uh, some, I guess I had to be extremely loyal. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it, it's funny. Cause you know, we, uh, we do this every week and it, and it lasts about an hour or so. And Matt and Darren cannot spend an hour talking to each other. Forget about, 17 years right yeah there's no way we would have worked together not in a million years i actually get you know and obviously now i'm working with matt uh, as my assistant I, I think out of the 20 years in coaching i've spent uh, 19 of them with uh, you know brothers so uh, it's a unique uh, experience for me uh, and uh, you know obviously matt and i are only 18 months apart he's you know a little bit older than me so we have more history todd was kind and, uh, you know, several years older than I. And so, you know, I don't have as many good stories on him as I do, Matt. Oh, well, <laughs> please share. 
What do you got for us about that? We were down at Ole Miss waiting to play, and, uh, you know, we got rained out on the opener down there. But uh, that night at dinner or the night before, I shared a few interesting stories with the team about Matt, and I, he was like, don't ever do that again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, Matt Yelton is the third Yelton, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And, and the most we're... distinguished gentleman, for sure. He, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Nice, um, I, 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 I don't know. Although you're you and Todd both, you know, you're kind of trying to be hip and chic. You you can pull it off. Todd can't. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Todd's not close. God should Todd's make not. no attempt at that. While we're on the we're on the topic with Matt, let's let's just talk about that a little bit. Um uh, what what does he bring to the table for you and your program? <laughs> I mean, uh, he, the moment he came on board uh, at East Tennessee, I knew that was the first great piece of the puzzle. You know, any, um, you know, anybody knows, you know, winning four national championships, having multiple years at the NAI level, but also at Lee and having multiple years of doing this, understanding what it takes to be successful, uh, what it's like to recruit the best kids, international kids. I mean, his connections are special so you know I think it was the first major piece in the puzzle to building something special here and feel incredibly fortunate to have you know I think he's the best uh, assistant coach you know if personally yeah out there not just at our level I mean just his knowledge his attention to detail the players trust him I mean his rapport with the players is fantastic and you know, working with somebody you completely trust is an awesome experience as well. Great. Awesome. All right, I got my next question shooting at you here, Jay. Um, at ETSU, are you trying to build um, the program the same way you guys did it at Sanford as you took over Sanford? It was struggling early, and, and you guys built it into, obviously, a, a powerhouse there in your league. Or what are the differences, or what are you trying to do differently? You know, I think everybody's got their own stamp on things. And fortunately for me, I got to see it done highly effectively under good leadership. You know, um, I think, you know, my ideas are slightly different. And uh, but we did certainly, you know, we want to be known for hardworking, passionate people because that's the kind of people we represent in East Tennessee and um, looking to get the kind of people who are not just about themselves, but want to do something unique and different and uh, certainly getting, you know, the best players that, that are available makes uh, the biggest difference. I tell everybody all the time, I never score goals. I never keep it out of the net. And my whole reputation is built on the backs of the players. So, you know, getting people that are high quality and getting people who want to do well in the classroom and achieve on all levels. I think that's been a big part, but Team camaraderie is a big deal. You know, I like to cook for the girls. I like to, you know, make sure nutritionally they get all the things they need and, and be in and around them to get to know them better, their strengths and weaknesses, and, you know, try to come up with an individual plan as well as a group plan. And uh, I, I ask the girls just to measure themselves right now against themselves. I know that's strange when it's all about, you know, beating other teams, but we're still at the level that – 
the most important thing is do we get better today and at the end of this game are we better than when we started so you know a lot of not getting too big right now and just doing simple really well and focusing on the details and I think that's the most important thing and what we're really you know trying to do what's um what's it like being in the same league with Todd I mean, like I say, when we play Sanford, it's always a unique feeling to, you know, have spent as much time and have as much care as I did for that program. But, you know, no, not, nobody in the league wants to beat them more than I. And, uh, you know, that's the tricky thing is, you know, you have these mixed emotions going into games. It's strange when the game's over and the other team gives you a hug and tells you they miss you. And I will say that, you know, you don't get the heady in most yeah. weeks out there. So, um, but certainly love to test them and love to, the chance to try to chase them down and uh, try to make our mark on the league. But uh Furthermore, you know, looking over there in your brother on the other side of it, you know, there's all kinds of emotions that go into that day. And I can't I don't hide it from my team. You know, I'm just honest with them that, hey, this is an emotional day, but I, I want us to be the team that takes them down. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Me, Chris? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about, Jay, a little bit about um, becoming a a head coach with a goalkeeping background. How do you see that as a positive or a negative or, or what do you think? I mean, I think it's a positive and it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, I think one thing is when you, you know, feel like you're pretty good at the goalkeeper thing and you want to have your hand in that uh, and make sure that the, you know, because it's such a big piece of the puzzle, right? I mean, if we get my my goalkeeping this year has been unbelievable and certainly kept us in games, helped us win games. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know that right now I would ever get my hands out of the goalkeeping until, you know, Matt's not going to train goalkeepers. And uh, so, uh, you know, but I think thinking about what a goalkeeper goes through, I think my goalkeepers are slightly lucky because a lot of head coaches don't think about, you know, just the wear and tear of practice and am I being used as a shooting dummy? And, you know, I, I think those conscious things of what it's like to be a goalkeeper certainly help. Uh, but, you know, managing your time to be able to work with your team and prep, prepare for a goalkeeping session is a, isn't an easy task it takes a lot of time so um, I think it's uh, you know both good and terrible <laughs> but, What's, and, um, how about the transition for you from assistant coach to head coach we've heard a lot of people talk about it and a lot of people have kind of you know different views on it and that kind of thing I just wonder how it was for you after being an assistant for so many years and then jumping into a new chair, the big chair. It's certainly, a, you know, I think like we all know more than anything is the pressure that comes with the chair, right? And the desire to prove yourself and show others that you got what it takes. You know, even as an assistant that now it's your turn and you prove yourself. I think the pressure that comes with that is something you have to learn to cope with. 
I love the X's and O's of coaching. You know, I, I've learned that as a head coach, it's a lot more time of administration and dealing with, you know, the big picture of not just what happens at training or at games. I've, I would say that challenge has been different for me because at Sanford, all I focused on was recruiting and, and practice and training. So, you know, managing new responsibilities I'm not really, I know a lot of people probably think I'm a confrontational person, you know, but I'm really not. I prefer things run smoothly and everybody get along. And, you know, I think this job has taught me a lot about having to have confrontation, get out of my comfort zone, have tough conversations. You know, I think those things, but I also like the challenge that, you know, has come from that. Um, so, uh, so you know, and while I was at Sanford, Todd gave me a lot of chances. You know, he really worked hard to develop me and gave me chances through different situations. You know, if he was away in the spring, leaving me with the team, if he was traveling with the region team. So, you know, I would have to say he set me up for success, that he gave me a lot of chances to coach. And, you know, he didn't just make me a – goalkeeper coach and you know he wasn't afraid of my ideas so I think that's you know another reason for you know hopeful success as we move forward here um but those I think those are the biggest challenges is dealing with administration dealing with things that are kind of outside of what you're planning that day you know and it's not if we're going to have obstacles it's how quick we come up with solutions so that that certainly has been a challenge you know you get tested each day to each day to make sure you're ready it's good jay uh we're drilling you right now we're drilling you but i, I want to go into the i wish <laughs> I, I wish it was uh like the old days hanging out yes. with in person uh, so uh, yeah, i yeah well, being with you guys um you know chris takes a lot of personal credit because I may call him from time to time and ask him about training sessions and Every ideas day. he's doing. And, and I call, you know, you know, a few other coaches, Mark, you know, call Todd, whatever. But the person that I've, I've relied on probably the most is Mr. One Jay Yelton on different um, things going on in training and, and what you're doing. How do you handle this situation? And one of the things Chris Jay's really good is at the minute, minute details of the training, but Jay, give us a little bit of your, defensive philosophy on how you think a proper team should defend oh well that's a tough <laughs> one because <laughs> I started off defending in one manner this season and due to injuries had to you know change and play a different style you know um, ultimately Matt I like to be a guy who wants to have the ball keep it long enough to get numbers up situations and then you know move the ball forward into different zones and early on when we had pieces to the puzzle before injury you know we were playing that way and you know, midway through the season, we started to see ourselves giving the ball away in the wrong areas and giving up goals that I didn't feel like we should concede. So I would say that I think, like everything, it's constantly coming up with new solutions. 
but typically, you know, my main thing, I think being good defensively has always been where I've started, you know, and that's kind of my trademark is don't concede goals, you know, put yourself in the best position possible. But I do spend a lot of time on individual defending and, you know, giving the girls, you know, four principles, like things that they can measure and, and ask themselves, am I following the rules? And when things break down and training, you know, being able to get them to think through those moments. So, you know, I think I'm an educator at heart and I spend a lot of time with the players, you know, in team setting and in small settings of watching film, showing them ideas of other teams, how they're doing it. And uh, I just want the girls to become soccer fans and not just you know, show up for training. I'd really like for them to understand what we're really wanting them to do. So, but I, I would say, you know, just being simple, working as a unit and being willing to put in the hard work it takes to be good at defending because, you know, it doesn't take, you know, top level talent. I mean, it, it helps obviously, but if you have the right mentality, the right personality with enough athleticism, you can be an effective defender. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I approach that. Did that um, answer the question? Yes, yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I understand that the Yelton brothers are big Liverpool fans. <laughs> You don't How'd have you to go there today, the, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, I know. How do you feel about the match this weekend? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you, Matt. You know, I that. appreciate that, Jay. I do. I do. You certainly will, but some just a soccer I, opinion. I can't all say anything for. to Chris since you're point ahead of us over there with Chelsea. So uh, you know, uh, but obviously. Matt had his fair share of things to say to me when United were on top. And uh, I, I remember what some of those uh, conversations felt like. So that was a long time you know, ago. I yeah. think yeah, it was a long time ago. You're not good. I can't believe you remember them. I hardly remember them. <laughs> this is genius there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I got I to go you know, for you, Jake. Chris, I'll oh. tell you how that all started. You know, back in East Tennessee, the only game that ever came on was the FA Cup final. That was the only game growing up in Liverpool was there all the time, right? And uh, they had the green candy jerseys and what wasn't there, you know, not to like about that. And uh, that's really how it started for us to become, you know, Liverpool fans. And, you know, that's that's kind of the way it all started. But we have been trying true to Liverpool since, you know, boyhood days. Right. See, that, that's the difference between the three brothers, the three Yelton brothers, and the three Mott brothers. So two of the Mott brothers are huge Cowboy fans, and I hate the Cowboys worse than anything. I'm a Redskin fan. So our Washington oh, football oh, team, Washington football team. Sorry. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jay, I got a really important question for you here. This is, oh, this is, a, this is a brain teaser. What, where are you more happy, on a piece of heavy equipment or at the sawmill? <laughs> well, I, I think equally give me a good sense of uh, adventure and uh, fun, um, but I do own 51 acres of land and, uh, you know, spent the pandemic time, you know, I got the job at ETSU 60 days before the pandemic and then the school closed down for, you know, six or seven months, recruiting closes down, so I buy a piece of land, jump on a dozer, an excavator, and build 
build a half a mile road into my property. So with plenty of adventure, we could have a whole show on, on the highest oh my God. <laughs> Some people call him the Grizz, Chris. You wonder yeah. why the Grizz, Grizzly Bear. Looks yeah, like it, it acts like it. The, the only coach in the country, soccer coach of any kind. Only soccer coach of any kind in the country who's built his own road. In any country, Chris, any country, not just not just this country, any country. Don't jump out of bulldozer. I'll give you one other good story. Uh, When I was at Sanford, I built my own house and uh, while we won multiple championships. So, you know, I was working to all hours of the night. And uh, this one lady at Sanford came by the athletic office and said, I saw you outside at 2 a.m. working on your house. <laughs> like, I don't think that's safe. <laughs> so oh, I've never been awesome. afraid of manual labor and I and I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It takes a different you, type. You got me, uh, you know, you always used to recommend books for me. And it was always like some kind of survivalist who came through unbelievable adversity and I would read it and be be so inspired and also be like, yeah, I, I could never do that. Like, I, I, <laughs> what do you got? You got any new ones for me? Anything for me to read? I, to be honest, you know, these days, Chris, unfortunately, if I don't get it on Audible, I don't even, you know, have the time. I do miss those uh, stories of survival. You know, I think those were all the first books that we shared with each other were yeah. survival stories. Uh you know, I've always been been up for those kinds of things, and I, I love those kinds of things. And you know, I this year I used the story of Shackleton with uh, my upperclassman, uh, a guy trying to get to the South Pole in the 1900s. And you know, I'm sure the girls were like, "What the hell? Or what is this? <laughs> you know, what what can we right. learn from this?" But by the time it was over, the the seniors were like, "I think every kid should read this that comes through the program." So, you know, kind of along those same lines. Makes sense. Yeah, no, I I had my Jay years ago gave it to me. I read Shackleton. I had my captains read Shackleton. Uh, It's really it's awesome. It's but the best book maybe I've ever read in my life, Chris, and I haven't read it many. Right, I'm not a not a big reader like you are, like Jay is. But Jay gave me the Naked Mountain. That was one of the first book. That was the first. Yeah, very good. Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. Reinhold Mesner. He's a great story of survival. Yeah, yeah. I remember being at Texas. And I was sitting under a, a, a tent at preseason, right? It's a thousand degrees in Texas. I'm reading that book. It's about mountain climbing. I'm getting cold, right? Yeah, I'm getting cold reading the book. Yeah, how right. well written it was. Yeah. It's awesome. That, that's where I first got to know you guys, you know, and I had great times out there and that you bringing me out that's there right. in the summers. Uh, I, I won't forget that and very thankful for what both of you have done for me with my coaching career. And, and uh, you know, that was great memories and talking, talking books and uh, enjoying those times with you. Uh, I still remember them well. well if that's we really nice, Eugene. We know who to call. Yeah, that's really nice, you, Jay. But I know you meant it more to me than Chris. All right, let's go on. Last, last question, um, Jay. Give us, uh, give a few minutes and 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 tell our listeners, um, you know, why you love ETSU and and just kind of sell it for us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know. 
it was really hard. It took a lot of chances and times for me to have offers to not leave Sanford. So it had to be something special for me to move, you know, away and coming back home, having my son grow up in the mountains around his grandparents was a big piece of that. But as far as the university goes, I, you know, growing up here, it wasn't a great big university, nor did the community embrace it. But the facilities have been totally updated. The community's all in. Johnson City's a fast-growing place. Uh, we have a medical school, dental school, physical therapy school. You know, we have the best sports science program in the country. Our head sports scientist last year went to the New York Jets and they paid him bukus of money to come be their sports scientist. And our new sports scientist with was Columbus Crew last year, who I think won the MLS Cup. So, you know, I, what we do from a science level at, at our level is is amazing, you know, and I knew that that was a big piece of the puzzle. And, uh, you know, I just saw we have a beautiful campus. Our stadium's unbelievable. We got loads of practice fields and the mountains are in the backdrop. So regionally, I think when we get kids on campus, they're like, oh, this is, this, I didn't, this is a hidden gem. We didn't even know this existed. I get that from even kids in the state of Tennessee. So I, I think we're, we, we're set up. I wouldn't have come here unless I really thought that we had a chance to compete at the highest level and try to win the league. So it is a process, uh, but we, you know, they picked us ninth in the league this year. We finished fourth. So uh, I'm, you know, and I've only coached the team. We only had five games last season. So I've only really coached the game for the team for 20 plus games. So excited about what we got going on and looking forward to the future. Um, I, if I had a vote, Jay, you're coach of the year for me. Absolutely. I would give hey, you well, Todd, Todd went eight, no in the league. I think he thinks that every year. Though. Though, so. Yeah. He's used to it. Um, well, let me, uh, last question, Jay, I promise the last question. All right. You're on an excavator. Okay. You're, <laughs> you're into your, you're in your road and there comes a bear. Hey, you I get had down two and, of them cross my property last year while I was building no kidding. Road, so. <laughs> Do you get down and fight them? Like you go for the wrestling match or you just let them be? Let I'm them just going to peacefully just... watch them go right across <laughs> and enjoy enjoy the spirit of nature, but uh, not mess with it. <laughs> I got you. I like your chances, though. Of, of every do. soccer coach I've ever seen, you got the best chance of beating Two bears, them. no problem. <laughs> three might be a problem but two, hey, no problem. this is the best part of the interview we're finally getting to the good stuff at the end. <laughs> all right jay thanks so much for coming appreciate right. college soccer nation we appreciate you. doing a great job keep it up good luck uh, good luck in the guys. tournament for sure all right all right, buddy. All right see, see you jay all right it's always fun talking to the uh, most interesting man in the world maybe college soccer for sure he is uh, that was fun you know that uh, he's a uh, drinker of apple teenies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes, he ordered. It just tells I you think it was so... an apple teeny or something. So, like, I felt you know, I stepped up to the bar with him, and I, what do you want? I'm expecting like whiskey or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. And he ordered like the fruitiest little martini you've ever seen. That tells you he's he's comfortable with who he is, Chris. I guess it does. Why do you have to judge? You seem yeah, like you're judging. <laughs> All right, let's go. Last group here. 
power five, the most hated athletes, um, yes. kind of in, in our time, right? So yeah. I, I like my list. Yeah. Um, let's do it. You go okay. first, and then I'll go, and so on and so forth. So number you're number five. five. Yeah. Number five is Bill Lambier. You know, <laughs> I mentioned him today to BBS. I said, you know who Bill Lambier is? And he, he did know who he was. Rob didn't, of course. But, yeah, no, I love the Pistons, so I actually was a big oh. fan of Bill Lambier. But, yeah, I know he was a jerk right. if you didn't like him. All right, my number five? Yeah. Terrell Owens. Mm, I had him on my list. I crossed him off in the end, but certainly one I considered. Yes, yeah. He, I mean, when he was doing the whole crunches in the in his driveway yeah, yeah, and the media crazy. was around, I had no yeah. time for him. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, my number four, also, I go number four, right? Go ahead. Uh, Darren will not like this. Troy Aikman. Oh. Can't stand oh. him. Can't People stand him. Cowboys like won a lot. Won a lot as a Washington football team fan. Can't like the Cowboys. I had to have one Cowboy on here. There he is. Yeah, yeah. People hate yeah, winners. He was a winner. Yeah. All right. My number four may surprise you, may not. A-Rod. Really? A-Rod. Come on. A-Rod is the most self-centered. Um, he's he's a most, Yankee, Chris. You can't. Yankee is one of the most hated people. He, his Come contract on. killed the Yankees for years. His contract killed We won the with him, too, though, if you recall. We won with him, too. Once, yes. Yes. It's worth it. Worth it. A-Rod. All right. My number three. You'll like this one. My number uh -huh. three. Pedro Martinez. Yeah, you know, Blue I had Red him Sox. on my list, too. I had him on Dressed my list, but I couldn't have too many Red Sox on my list. <laughs> so I had to take him off. <laughs> yeah. Pedro, I got no time. You know, he went after uh, our, our – Don Zimmer, Zimmer, yeah. Yeah, Zimmer. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just a – I had no yeah. time for him. Who's so. your daddy? Remember that whole thing? Who's yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, great. Yeah. That was yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, it was quite – that rivalry was hot back then. Yes. It was hot it was. when he was playing. So It yeah. was. All right. My number three is Des Bryant. <laughs> yeah, that would guy, I mean, they, he never won anything. Okay, that's a difference no. Troy yeah. Aikman. Troy Aikman won. This guy didn't win anything. Yeah, that's and probably a better cowboy. He couldn't shut up. He couldn't. Yes, shut up. God, I I couldn't say. You're right. I I, I retract Troy Aikman, Darren, and I <laughs> add Des Bryant. That's how we're doing the Power Five. Now. No argument on that one. Oh uh, wow. Okay. All right. Your turn. My turn. Uh, I guess I'll go. My number okay. two. Yeah. Is Michael Vick? I cannot. Really. I cannot get over Michael Vick and what he did. It just yeah. no human, no human should do that. You're right. I don't disagree. Uh, my number two, not quite as uh, dramatic, <laughs> is uh, Barry Bonds. No human should do that either. Shouldn't cheat the game. Shouldn't cheat the game. Take steroids, Chris. It's not right. Uh, well, Matt, honestly, when he was Any, taking steroids, they were legal and they they weren't illegal in in baseball at the time. Yeah, but his head grew way too big. Like his like actual head. I got no Actually, time for him. For me, for me, he was kind of fun to watch. I, oh, he's a hell of a player, but he cheated. If you don't like A-Rod, you can't like Barry Bonds. Same thing. All right. All right. All right. I wonder if we have the same number one. No, we don't. I don't think we do because okay. I have right. I have my red sock that I've okay. uh, not, I've not put on yet. My, my number one is Kurt Schilling. Oh, that's a good one. Blood and, oh, um, God, I can't and, stand him. Oh, oh I can't stand him. The guy, and he won't yes. shut up. And, yeah, yes. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling. Oh, mine's very similar to that, but that is a really, really, really good one. I cannot stand him. Oh, I hate him. It's not LeBron, Darren. My number one is Conor McGregor. <laughs> this guy, right? Yeah. You know, he didn't win anything. And he yeah. just, oh, talk about tell Matt to shut up. Tell Conor <laughs> to shut up. 
Yeah, I he see is this guy on commercials. I'm like, why are they give this guy? A yes, right. he made so much money for being very mediocre. Everybody yeah. kicked his ass. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. So anyway, he was a flash in the pan, but they ran with it. He made money. I can't stand him. Just shut up, Con. Yeah. All right. Um, that was good. All right, let's go through it. Five. That's it. That's ten good ones. That's ten good ones. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. My five are number five, Bill Lambeer, number four, A-Rod, number three, Des Bryant, number two, Michael Vick, and number one, Kurt Schilling. My five, Terrell Owens, Des Bryant, Pedro Martinez, Barry Bonds, <laughs> and Connor McGregor. <laughs> I had to have a cowboy. All right. Let's, fit, let's take this thing out, Chris. All right. Big, uh, big games this week. Yep. Uh, Florida State, Virginia. I, think I don't think it gets bigger place. than that one. Yeah, yeah I don't think it gets bigger than that one. In the league. Yeah. Memphis SMU. Big um, one. Oregon, Washington State. UCLA, Stanford. Santa Clara, BYU. Michigan, Penn State. Oregon State, Washington State. USC, Stanford. That's a, that's a good one. Ooh, it's a humdinger. Yeah. Uh, and two in the SEC. Uh, the... Iron Bowl, that's what it's called, Auburn and Alabama. Yeah, Iron Bowl of soccer. Yeah. Okay. And then the Magnolia Cup, is that what it is? Yeah, man? buddy. Yep, Magnolia Ole Miss Cup. and Mississippi State. <laughs> do you, if you win that one, do you get like a Magnolia tree or something? Oh, you get a Magnolia Cup. You got a big trophy. Big trophy. Why don't you yeah, get a tree? In Magnolia tree. I didn't start this, Chris. I just compete. I just compete in it. I didn't start that back. Well, start you, way are, my time. you are the, are you not the Dean of SEC coaches at this point? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Ever heard of G. Gary? Ever heard of Karen Hoppe, <laughs> Shelly Smith? Uh, okay, who yeah, else is that? You're yeah, the maybe dean that's of the uh, Magnolia Cup. I am the Dean of the Magnolia Cup. James well, has been there be three able years. able to make the rules and you should uh, change it uh, to a treat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, we just, we have the Memphis game and then, uh, who knows where we're playing? We're playing somewhere in the AAC tournament, and maybe we aren't. Maybe we're getting a bye. Maybe we're not. So we'll see where we end up. Well, good luck. I hope you win it. We uh, we obviously have the big Magnolia Cup on on uh, Thursday, and then it's nice to know that we're headed to the beach on on Sunday, and we'll play on Tuesday at some point against someone <laughs> on Tuesday. But again, it's another one of those years, right? You're we're down to the last game, and nothing's decided hardly at all except Arkansas's first. Uh, yeah, that's about it. In our fun. league, everything else is um, is kind of up for grabs. So it makes it fun, exciting. Uh, good luck to you and the Mustangs. Um, we'll be watching. Ready to roll. No problem, buddy. All right. That's all for tonight. Enjoyed it. Jay was great. Brian was back to his banging on level, but certainly did yeah. a good job with the bubble stuff. And uh, we appreciate his work. College Soccer Nation, Monday, October 25th, is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.